Come with me and you'll be in a world of cinematic adventures. Hey, welcome back to Cinematic Adventures. And today, the revival of one Douglas Cena TV. Hi, everybody. He's back. He's still alive. I know. I've been I've been here in a while and the place like it looks nice. <laughs> It's like I like yes. what you've done with everything. Yeah, you're, you're in a virtual room now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, did you I even mean, like listen? Did you change at all the curtains? February? Did you change the curtains? No. Yeah. No, yeah. No, I listen no. to show. Yeah. I I changed. I listened to Sean's episode. Really? Because Sean didn't do an episode this month. He didn't do one. Oh no! Last one. No. Last one. I. No. 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 Last. No. I did. I heard. Um. What I hear. Uh. I forgot. No, I listened to a couple of the other couple of days ago. I listened to Sean's 2021. And then I listened to, oh, I don't remember everybody's names. They put me on the spot. Like, I don't care about people. And I do. I very much care. I care a lot. Uh-huh. Just not enough to listen to like any of the Black History Month stuff. That I did. I did. I learned a lot of Black history. Uh-huh. I'm sure you did. All right. I did. So now that we've established that as seen on TV is no, the thing breathing. is, no, no. Well, the thing is that if, if I lean in to the other co-hosts, cause these aren't, these co-hosts weren't in our crew. Right. So like, no, it was a month of guests. Right. So if I leaned into one, it would sound like I was like playing favorites. And I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Cause I know that what I say on the show has a certain amount of weight to it. And I don't want to, you know? Yeah. So I didn't, I don't want to do that. I'm doing them a favor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Right. So what did Sean think? I mean, that's really what's the most important thing. See? And then you immediately pivot to your best friend. <laughs> Why did I introduce you to? Oh, man, huh. it was a terrible idea on my part. Yes, it was. I really should just, I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah, really quick. You know, he was on our show. He has like stands on our show. Like there are people who are like, when's Sean coming back? True yeah. story. Yep. yep. So hi, we're show. supposed to talk about what's that? You got Sean on your show. Y'all are best friends now. Like yeah. each other's shit on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. hearts, hearts. Like yeah. I use the heart emoji when I when I like his shit. I'm like heart. Uh-huh. And and then even like the one where the like the smiley face is hugging the heart. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, he sends me pictures of his puppies. You know about his puppies? We're talking about Daredevil today. Yeah, Daredevil, baby. Yeah. And not hey. the good Netflix version. No, this fucker wants to talk about the shitty movie from like 2005 that was trying so hard to be Batman meets the Matrix. And Spider-Man, if you remember in the you know uh, context of where when it came out, it was like right after Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So and now well, they actually got notes while they were making the film. The let me I just I don't mean to be a dick and correct you, but it's 2003 okay. directed by Mark Steven Johnson. Back then, when you can get a Marvel film, if you just walked into Avi Arad's office and said, <laughs> I'm very passionate about this comic. And he's like, get out there and be somebody sign this contract. And you can just immediately make a movie like Daredevil sight unseen. OK, the thing that drives me the most crazy about this shit show is the fact that it's so all of the action scenes are like ballet they're like music videos mm-hmm. like there's even evanescence playing over the sound like over the scene oh yeah yeah when like, when oh, uh jennifer kidding. garner's yeah and she's like cutting size like she's cutting like these stabby bags with sand mm-hmm. with her size getting sand all over her goddamn floor which you know is hardwoods so that shit ain't ever coming out like so. she has to pay for or like she has to, to clean it she has servants for that oh before we roll though i just have to establish my relationship with the character because I like my usual role in the show is Doug's going to say the stupid stuff about something terrible. And that's mm-hmm. definitely going to happen, but this one's a little bit different because I, I, I'm going to also say romantic things about the film. Oh, now, okay. Yeah. Because daredevil to me when I was reading comics was my shit like daredevil all the way back since the eighties, like I was reading, I I stuck around. I didn't just like bail when Frank Miller left. I stuck around for that weird costume he had for a little while, all the way up to when Marvel Knights relaunched with Kevin Smith, and then later on Brian Michael Bendis, then uh, David Mack, and then Bendis and Believe just had that phenomenal, probably the best run 
of Daredevil ever. And then I think I, I left right after Brubaker's thing left. I, I understand there's another fellow after that that wrote like a very, very popular version of Daredevil that took place in California. I wasn't no part of that. But I understand that it was really popular. So you were no part of it because it took place in California or because. It yeah, because. Da- yeah, because because to me, like Daredevil, you know, Daredevil's like, you know, it's Hell's Kitchen's son. Right. And I know. And believe me, I, I've picked up on things about that arc that are brilliant. And I I can see that and I should have stuck around for it, but I just wasn't ready to take that leap. I was that that guy. But that mm-hmm. book meant the world to me. Because again, uh, I'm I'm not the only person to say this, but Daredevil to me, after Frank Miller had taken the book, was just a penultimate like that. I don't think there was still to this day a single issue of a comic book that was as good as the death of Electra as a whole single issue. Um, just the way it was written and drawn, um, the the relationship between that writer and that artist, Matt, I never pronounce his name, name right. Matt Cizelli, Matt, uh, something to that effect. I liken it to like when a jazz master has an apprentice right underneath them and they're almost at the same level and that apprentice is going to surpass the master, like Coltrane Miles, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's how amazing, what an impression that book made on me. And this was the character that was defined by what he can't do. So that the only one that I knew of that was defined by what he can't do, you know, because he's blind and also yeah, but not really. He's blind in the traditional sense and that he does. He can't see through his eyes, but he has echolocation, which lets him see even better than we can with our eyes. Yeah. But I mean, you cover his ears and he's like fucked, right? Like he, you know, as 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 was illustrated in the movie we're about to talk about, like if you bang a pole on a, you know, if you hit a pole up against something, you know, and he, you know, that's going to mess us, that's going to mess his sight all up. Right. So like he is vulnerable. Right. Well, yeah. Every, every hero has his vulnerabilities. I mean, even Superman is kryptonite. So, I mean, I, I was, I remember when the movie was about come out, this is around the time David Mack was, was drawing the book. I would have to, like, I know we remember we were recording in uh, my band was recording in Williamsburg at the time. And I had to like come into Williamsburg from Manhattan because I had uh, bags being done at St. Mark's Comics in the city. So I would take the train from Brooklyn, spend the day in the city, go to St. Mark's Comics, and my train ride to the studio was reading David Mack's run, which was, the, I guess, the invention of Echo, and which one of the scenes in this movie is based on. They're probably one of the worst scenes in the movie. The seesaw scene was right from that, was taken almost beat for beat from that okay. run. I will say, I'm going to say good things first because, man, is I mean, there's no getting around that this movie is a shit show. But in 2003, I never thought I'd ever see that costume on, a, on the big screen because he was like knockoff Spider-Man, right? Like in the eyes of most comic fans. Yeah, or Batman because, okay, even though he's not rich. So I, I get the comparison to both because... For Spider-Man, it's because they're both Marvel, they both wear red, and they're both in New York. But with, um, and they both really just have like enhanced senses. I compare more to Batman because technically, I feel like he should have been named Batman and Batman should have been named Daredevil. Because that's interesting. Well, yeah, because he literally sees through echolocation. What creature uses echolocation? Oh, yeah, yeah. You got a point. You got a point. Yeah, and he is literally, what is the saying when you say somebody is blind as a? A blind guy. Shut up. (laughs) Blind as a bat. Blind as a soul singer. Shut up. But then, like, when you think of Batman, he's literally just a billionaire. He's the man without fear. So I feel like they're. Yeah, yeah. You could have been. Yeah, they're interchangeable. Yeah, yeah, Uh I could see that. Huh. Plus, in this movie in particular, they have a lot. There is even a scene where bats come out. And they have a lot of scenes where he's standing on the top of buildings, just like Batman does in Gotham, like in every. Oh, those are taken. You know, it's funny. I I can shot for shot tell you where those shots, you know, where where they're taken, right? What books they were lifted from. And there's the cross scene, which is taken right from a Kevin Smith cover on Guardian Devil. He's in this movie for like a minute, but still. Most creators of Daredevil are in the movie. 
And if not, they're in the documentary that's tagged on to the, the Blu-ray. But yeah, um, Kevin Smith's in the movie. He's also He also wrote the first Marvel Knights comic. Uh, it was just sort of a sequel or a loosey-goosey sequel to Frank Miller's Born Again called Guardian Devil. Kevin Smith wrote that. It's a pretty good arc. Um, it's flawed, but it's, it's pretty good. Um, Frank Miller's in the book. He gets a pencil to the head from uh, Bullseye. But um, Oh, he's the guy who uh, is dead on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's Frank Miller. But, and th- that's another thing. Like I never thought, and they just, and it, 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 of course it takes you out of the film, right? Like they name drop through that entire movie, right? Like the guys at court and he's like, Oh, my great fighters, you know, Miller Bendis. And even the one guy's, one of the characters name is Casada, you know, after Joe Casada, <laughs> Jose Casada. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so Joe, like, yeah, right. so yeah. So, I mean, it takes you out of the movie, but you know, if you're a fan, you know, especially in 2003, you, I never thought Netflix would ever happen. Like I never thought that was going to happen, but um, a kismet moment um, when Charlie Cox was in boardwalk empire, this is how into this character I was. I, there's a scene where his character was, you know, delivered to Nookie in a box dead and his hair's dyed slightly red. And I, I remember he takes the box open and in my head, I'm like, you know, he would be a great Matt Murdoch. And, Apparently, I read Joe Casada had the same thought about the same scene in the same show. So we were looking under the same blind star. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, by the way, like, I don't think you have ever been as New York as you are right now. Oh, oh, all right. It's You're like welcome. It's oozing from you. <laughs> like, it's you are so from me. New York. Yeah. <laughs> I could well, never be as Los Angelino as you are New York right now. Oh, uh, well, I'm I'm from Sheepshead Bay. That's like that's Brooklyn proper. That's not like Williamsburg or, you know, like fake Manhattan. That's uh, I'm from like right near Coney Island. So that's I love happen. how you're saying this. Like any of that means anything to me. That doesn't like that's like me saying, oh, I, I'm from Garden Grove or Anaheim. You don't know where that shit is. All right. Well, well I, OK, <laughs> I'll put it like this. I'm not where the show girls took place. I'm not near. Because I watched that, right? So, well, they're they're the listeners to your show, right? Uh So, but all right. So, a couple more romantic things, and then we'll get into what a shit show this is. There has never been, and I feel like I'm starting a debate here. There has never been in any superhero movie up until or since an origin portrayed as perfectly as it was in Daredevil, where the where the boy acquires his powers in the hospital after his father's betrayal and the way that is shot the, the um, when you see the sonar for the first time mm-hmm. and he's feeling it and how painful it is and how terrifying it is. That was almost like an indie movie moment. Like, and there's a few of them when the movie starts, like the whole beginning of this, we, I think we can agree the beginning of the film is pretty aces. Man of Steel. Man of no, no. Yep. yep. Man, you think Man of Steel had a better origin than this? Uh huh. In fairness, I barely remember. That's what, that was the emo <laughs> Superman, right? That was the one where he's like walking around all. It's mopey. no. You were talking about him getting his powers like in the hospital, right? Yeah. And Man of Steel. He's a little boy when his powers manifest, and he starts seeing through everybody. Oh, he's in a closet, right? Out. What is that? What did that look no, like? No, he was in school. He was sitting in. School. Yeah, and I remember. And he's in the closet. His mother has and to he come. He runs get to him. the closet. Yeah. Right. That looked exactly like Daredevil. That it looked like Daredevil. No, because Daredevil has this like blue wash over everything and it's trying to make you feel like echolocation. Whereas with Superman, it was it was like you could really feel the sensory overload for him because he was every time he would try to look at something, he would see through it to like all the things behind it, and he couldn't figure yeah, out how to it's focus. Similar. And Similar, Daredevil his came up. view was like X-ray view, so and yeah, the way I'll give you that. It like it was, it was very good because it was so chaotic. You could see, like, if you were a little boy, that would freak you the fuck out. I might be, I might be a little subjective, <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like it was done better in Daredevil. Like, I, I, I remember. In fairness, I remember very little about any of the Zack Snyder films. I'm not a Zack Snyder fan. In fact, I'm, I'm not a Zack Snyder fan either. Yeah. I just think that Man of Steel isn't as bad as everybody thinks it is. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> no. that's the yeah. That, no, 
Honestly, the video, of all it was like a 30 minute video game at the end. I was like, what the shit is this? Really? They're just smashing buildings really? and you stuff. You picked like, Daredevil and you're going to call out a movie for being a video game? Literally every single fight scene in this movie is a video game. She fucking stops it. They all do. Oh, no, I'm not going to commit. No, I'm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm not going to compare Daredevil to any. I did. Daredevil's a piece of shit. I mean, granted, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that. I mean, but you know, the rules were this month no MCU films, but Marvel films. And I picked this one because I, A, I think. It's hilarious, but also there are some really redeeming scenes about it, like the sea train scene, for example. That's almost the Netflix show. You picked it for two reasons. One, because Daredevil is your favorite Marvel comic. And two, because you have to pick a movie that everybody normally hates in order to like really fuck with me. Yeah, that's true, too. But I'm saying, yeah, that's 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 the reason. Yeah, that's I was well, you know. Still think it would have been better than putting you through Fantastic Four again. I actually didn't find. It depends on which Fantastic Four, but the first. I never saw. I fairness. I didn't see. I didn't see any of them. I saw the trailer. I mean, you know, there. Fantastic Four always has the redeeming quality of Chris Evans half naked. So I'll take it because he when he turns on fire, he walks out nothing but a towel, and I'm I'm good with that. Really quick, my I was watching one of the Captain Americas with my stepdad once, and Mm -hmm. he was and. In the middle of nowhere, it's me, my brother, and my stepfather. And he he got up and he looked around to see, make sure nobody can hear him. And he goes, "Look, not for nothing, but that man is beautiful." <laughs> true story. He said that. My brother and I were like, "You you got true something facts. you want to tell us?" Yeah. <laughs> true facts. <laughs> so yeah, that happened. But he is though. I mean, he, he is. He's gorgeous. So now we can get into. How well the sea oh, train skip right past Chris Evans's beauty. Yeah, beautiful I, man. I, I'm, I'm gonna you know let that. that go. Yeah, you know that he's a beautiful man. Yes, I, I know I understand that he's shot in a way that makes him look absolutely beautiful. I understand that and that he, by his shot in a way that means with light on him. <laughs> <laughs> as long as there's any any light at all, sun unnatural doesn't matter. Right. I understand <laughs> that he does scenes him. right out of the weight truck. Yeah. He, if you can see him, he's a beautiful man. Okay. Right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think the the sea train scene, which I, from what I understand in the, and it's been a long time since seeing this because like a documentary tagged on to the, the Blu-ray. Um, when I understand they kept getting Spider-Man notes. Could you, that's why the, the rain kiss is very much like the, the Spider-Man kiss in a way. Um, they wanted they kept getting notes from Sony or whoever, like we want, we need this to be more like Spider-Man and um, cause Spider-Man was the biggest movie out ever. Like it was the highest grossest film high. I'm sorry. Highest grossing film at it for its time. And you know, so any, any Marvel property that followed had to sort of follow that cookie cutter thing. And like I said, uh, Mark Steven Johnson was a, a fan of the book. Um, the dialogue at the end where he fights Kingpin, Mm-hmm. is taken directly from born again like you know you, when you go to jail tell them that a blind man beat you there's so many things that are just directly from the book or a nod to the books that i couldn't help but love it when i saw it in 2003 but yeah i mean the <laughs> where do you want to start colin farrell or the, oh my like, god colin farrell like what this whole time he oh my god he's normally a good actor like this was such crap they had to be directing him to be like no 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 more over the top and i could just see him like seriously like yeah yeah yeah. cheese it way the fuck up like you're at you're at like a nine we need you at a 12 like (laughs) (laughs) his notes you know because like oh my god (laughs) no my favorite thing is literally any other movie and he is actually a good actor but you would never know it if this was the only film you saw him in my favorite thing is when he points to his forehead he's like i'm bullseye Eh, eh, eh." like he points to his head like see there's a bullseye on his head but the the funniest like cheese bag directing ever is well there's a bunch but the um is the whole movie (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but when you go to when you go to Kingpin and it's like the zoom in on the building, there's like, okay, get cue the gangster hip hop song, and then you go to then you go to Bullseye, and like, okay, cue uh, he's Irish, uh, House of Pain. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's true. 
and you're like, what is happening right now? Oh my gosh. Oh, that's just, it was painful. And Jennifer Garner, Jennifer Garner is, is a Greek woman. Is she really Greek? Uh, uh, Not in the Electra Nacho sense. No. Yeah. See, cause like I was thinking that I was like, okay, I know Greeks are technically, we consider them white, but they're not white, white. No, no, they're not. They're not. And she's white, white. Yeah. (laughs) She's like me. me. I was, I was trying not to, you know, no, that's all right. Go there. But she's very like Irish. I'm not even really okay. Look, you, you could say white people. You could say it all day long. I'm Irish. Yeah. I'm not okay. even really white. So I just look white. Yeah. Which, by the way, I don't know why I do this, but anytime I talk about Marvel, and I'm, I promise you, I will probably do it at least twice while we're doing this. You're gonna bring I up always, the Matrix. No, I always confuse the names Bullseye and Crossbones. So oh, I'm yeah. probably gonna accidentally say Crossbones, but I mean Bullseye because just in my mind they're this, they're not the same character, but like their costumes are so similar. Like the, well, that's the that's the that's the trouble with it. Like, you like know, logos. Like, yeah, they yeah. got to negotiate or they got to negotiate around names to characters that were thought up in like the 50s and 60s. So that's going to happen. Yeah. So every time I see right. every time I see Bullseye, I think Crossbones, especially since because, you know, he's got the Bullseye and then Crossbones has like the the X with the that and the Punisher. I feel like they just threw all of them in there and then just were like, we'll put this one here. We'll put that one there. We'll put that one there. Won't they look the same? That's eh, fine. <laughs> like, right. like they're all like their logos are all way too similar. And with crossbones and, and bullseye, I just, especially like since you see like, you know, with the bullseye, there's usually like that cross in the center because of the bullseye. And so I just right. I always think crossbones. I don't know why. Anywho, just had to get that out of the way. So if you hear me say that, just like move along. I meant bullseye. We all know this. Okay. Right. Uh, funny <laughs> so- thing. There is uh it's funny because like in I remember in the book, um since after the movie had come out, it had been the uh they waited to bring Bullseye, they waited a long time to bring it back in the comic because Kevin Smith was doing um a solo adventure called I think it was actually just called Bullseye. And he only got the first issue out and he's n- like famously late on books constantly. Like it just happened in Green Arrow, it happened on Daredevil, it happened on it I mean famously late on books. And this one dragged on a long time till Casada finally had to give it to back to Bendis and say, "Okay, you you can finish your bullseye story." And at one point they had Matt pick up a stick and carve that thing in his head. And I was like, "Yeah, that's the stuff." But yeah, but in the, you know, of course in the book he's not like, you know, he's not flicking, he's not killing old ladies with Tic Tacs. Oh my gosh. They they just like what I that's what I mean. Like he's so over the top cartoonish villain. Mm-hmm. And he even says at one point, I want a costume. And I'm like, come on. Like I oh, get yeah, it. Yeah. I get it. At this er- in this era of superhero movie, we were like fresh off of like Batman and Robin. Okay, so I get it. But even still, <laughs> like oh yeah, no, I mean it is a it's a shit fest. I mean, but I'm like it's funny because I I think I was I think yeah I was I saw it in a the theater I think four times. Oh, I, of course you would. Yeah, no, but I mean, again, I love I couldn't even be objective about it. I, like again, it was my favorite character of all time. So I'm like I'm like wow, this is you know I can't believe I'm seeing this. And even I mean, of course I'm like oh you get you roll your eyes like like most of us do like the like certain scenes in like any of the even the Star Wars sequels were like oh yeah. Oh, you mean like all of the yeah, stuff? Yeah, let this fly. fly. And it's this sort of, yeah, pretty much like a casino planet. Oh, shit. I got to roll my eyes. Oh, this is going on for a while. So that's kind of how this was. But I like didn't it was. bring up Star Wars this time, folks. Just yeah. Out there. You're welcome. So <laughs> it was, yeah. So it was, it's really hard. It, it's strange to, to look back on it now in 2003 with the, especially since the Netflix show goddamn nailed it, right? Like, Oh my gosh, it's so much better. Everything. The the only thing, okay, I I will say there's one thing. There are two things. The costume? No. The The Daredevil, the actual Daredevil costume, not the year one. Yeah, he does have the actual Daredevil costume. So that I I will give them that. Um, But there are two things that I feel like this movie, two things in this movie that the show did not improve on, two characters. Um, or, okay, I can't say that. So here's what I'll say. One of them, one character I think the show did not improve on and actually was kind of not as good. 
And then there's one character that the show did way better on, but I still like the movie version just because of the actor, really. Okay. And that was Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin. Because he's just like... Okay, you, I think you're out of your mind. Head? I think you... No, really, did you hit your head before you hit record? No, no, Are you no, serious? Yes. <laughs> let me let me explain. Like I said, he. this isn't... like. Of course, Marv, the, the MCU's version of the character is better. Like, the characterization is much better in the Netflix show. But Michael Clark Duncan's Kingpin is like... It's not nearly as over the top as Colin Farrell's cross what the fuck ever his name is the one that i'm bullseye that one because i almost i can only think of crossbones anywho um his his characterization wasn't nearly as over the top but it was just so like it it was so cheesy it was just enough cheesy and over the top to match there to match um uh ben affleck i almost said matt damon i to why are these people so interchangeable to me anywho (laughs) to match ben affleck's daredevil and so I loved like, cause he, he also, he's just this huge, this foreboding presence. And I feel like that's kind of what Kingpin's supposed to be in the, the characterization of the character itself is better in the Netflix series. And I like Vincent D'Onofrio, but it's a different take on the character, which I'm like, it's a different take on the character than in the movie. And I'm perfectly fine with that. I just like Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin. The other character. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hate him. I didn't hate him as Kingpin. Yeah. But but yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio's performance is unreal. Like it like, you know, it's a different it's it's like, yeah, OK, he, he, he was like a passable Kingpin versus a guy who invented how to play Kingpin. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? But like I said, like for me, it's just because I like Michael Clark Duncan. I feel like it's yeah, I like, like him a lot, too. Clark Duncan like, looks like Kingpin to me. Yeah. I oh, yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, like, his physical huge, stature. And yeah. he's got the muscles because with Vincent D'Onofrio, he feels more like he's big because he's fat, not he's big because he's muscular. Whereas with Michael Clark Duncan, you're like, no, he was a bodybuilder in like nine lives. That's right. That right. Body. And I feel like that's what Kingpin embodies, you know. So I feel like the embodiment of Kingpin is better with Michael Clark Duncan and especially with that deep gravelly voice. Like, yeah, he played him really well. Yeah. He did. He did play him well. Bring you back to the Batman thing. I just remembered Michael Clark Dump <laughs> dropping the rose mm-hmm. <laughs> and being like, which is like just shy of you have a dance with the devil on the pale moonlight. Like it was just, it was like almost there. Uh, you try to make the, him make a Marvel's Joker. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of, yeah. I mean, it was kind of that moment where you're like, oh, you killed his dad. Oh man. Cause in the book, that's, it's not what happened. So you're like, right. oh man, no, you, we're, we're, we're doing this. It did. So this movie, again, with the the Wayne parallel, it did make it so that he was like he became it's that he basically got Batman's origin story. Like instead of his parents being killed in the, the you know, outside the theater, his dad was killed by Kingpin and he became Daredevil because of all of it. Just like Batman. But you remember Tim Burton's Batman. Batman. It was the Joker who killed him. Yeah. Was, yeah. So I was even though like, the Joker yeah. isn't who killed his parents. But okay. right. Right. Same thing. Kingpin wasn't the one who killed Daredevil's parents, yeah. but here we are. Movies are just fucking up comics, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were the shit left and right. No, well, they were because the, they were trying to condense like all this into like an hour and a half. Because remember, like movies weren't even that terribly long back then. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they were really just trying to condense it all. But I have a really fun thing. What ver- what cut of the film did you watch when you rewatched this? Uh, the super long version, because... I, so I the director's cut it had to have been because I couldn't find it like to to the stream anywhere so then I ended up just going just like doing the right so you caught an, an entire thing. part that did not make it into the theater which was the, part yep the whole subplot involving yeah. Franklin Foggy Nelson who by the way is the blueprint of the happy Hogan character like that's the origin yeah. of that character. He's is the character. So remember I said, there's one character that I think the movie actually did better than the series. That's the character. It's foggy Nelson because I, in the, in yeah, that the, ain't foggy. Yeah. That ain't foggy in the, the, um, in the Netflix version, he's way more annoying. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's way closer to how he is in the book. Like he's like, cause well in, in the movie, he's like, hey, we're, you know, we're buddies and we're going to talk about how you get over on women. And you know, like, 
Whereas in the show, like the book, Foggy's the one who always has to clean up after this. Always. So like in the book, it's like, man, this isn't as as fun as how terrible the movie is. But like it in the books, Foggy is the one he is annoying because he's the parent of the story. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas like, again, like uh, John Favreau is essentially inventing the foggy of the happy Hogan character in Daredevil. Well, yeah, but he didn't invent happy Hogan. That's an actual Marvel character. Right. But I'm saying it's essentially the same character that he's playing in in the MCU is what he started playing in Daredevil. But it's okay. So I feel like the difference that you're mentioning is, is in this movie because you can't have like with the series, it was over three seasons and it took him like one season to really become Daredevil and for Foggy to understand what was going on. And yeah. that's when he started. Oh, fair enough. It's like the cleanup. And this is just an hour and a half movie. So he doesn't like he, they Again, don't even, hard for me to be objective. Yeah. Hard, most yeah. of the people don't even realize that he's Daredevil until like three fourths of the way through the movie. So um, and I think like Electra is the one who figures it out first, by the way. Worst character is Electra. Absolute, yeah. she's garbage in this film. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. Do you, and Horrible. She has a movie. You think that's bad? The movie. Oof. I've seen it, and it's oof. Stop sanitizing villains. Just let them be bad. She's not a good guy. Okay. At oof. Best, she's a vixen, but she is not. She's one of those characters who always rides the line between villain, but usually like like usually steps on the villain side. She's not a good guy. Like, yeah, no. and that's kind of like her relationship with Matt Murdock is very similar to Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle. They are not the women are not good. OK, they are not right. Not heroes. They no. may help the, the heroes every now and then. But that's really just because they want to fuck them. It's not because they're being like benevolent. They're not good characters. Right. Best they're selfish and they're doing something for themselves. So stop sanitizing these characters and making them the good guys. Like just let them be the complex characters that they are, where they're essentially villains that are like, man, I'll help you out every once in a while. Like, yeah. Let them let them be that. Quit making them the nice guys. Electra is not a good girl. She's not a hero. No. Stop no. it. <laughs> she's done i think I, it's funny because in the in the comics i never loved that character i was always like i you know why that character exists you know it's it like the jessica rabbit thing i'm not bad i'm just drawn that way it's essentially <laughs> that was essentially you know uh, electra in the comic books uh, that's frank miller's baby and what you know why it was there in she the, was just there to be the foil to like a hero. She's never I've I've never read her to be like an independent character. That oh, she very her. much is and, and had become once that once the hand had resurrected her. But the the it it's such a weird thing that I think that I don't know what that writer's room to be a fly in the wall in the writer's room of Netflix or or a cicada or a cicada reference. Uh, it, right. To be. A cicada on the wall <laughs> when they had sing act for the Netflix show of, okay, well, we know Electra's ridiculous, mm-hmm. but how do we make it work and her st- and still keep her intact? Like, yes, they knew each other in college. And, you know, she also has this weird ninja life or so. How do we make that work? And I, I thought they struck a really great balance. Yeah, but- I really liked the way the Netflix series dealt with her. And especially after she came back where she was virtually evil, but then had her moments where he could, was like, she gave him just enough where he was like, she's in there, she's in there. But like, she wasn't. So. <laughs> right, right. Well, you're talking about like the Defender show? Because, yeah, that was a mess. Um, When did she, did she, she came in in season two. And then she right. got killed at the end. And then season three um i think well yeah she was in the defenders yeah, yeah she that was when she defenders, came back because yeah. the defenders was in between season two and season three i almost forgot about that oh yeah. man yeah, you know i would say that iron fist is as bad if not worse than the daredevil movie uh that's your buddy sean's area of expertise because he if you just mention defenders or iron fist he's gonna go off for like a good 30 minutes and you oh really and rightfully so him. he's right well he's a real martial artist for one and two Iron what Fist chopped liver, right? <laughs> oh, right, right. Well, is literally oh, okay. how we met. <laughs> oh, okay. But it's it was a duty. It was just like they they would have just better off like 
making duty glow and like just a piece of dog duty be the fourth defender it would have been better okay, it was so awful it was awful in the television realm marvel has two giant misses one is the show that shall not be named and the other is in the casting of iron fist because i feel like well also the writing because that was not good yeah like not walking good. yeah you're gonna walk around with no shoes like yeah i know you've been gone but like seriously you lived here you know you lived uh in new york long enough to know you need to wear shoes <laughs> well it's not even that it's just like uh, that whole first season there were so many subplots that meant nothing and shouldn't have been there they should have been like a quick mention but not an entire like dialogue driven episode about this subplot that wasn't really that important to the overall. Well, they were plot. trying to do, they were, they were trying to like find ways to not show you whatever that home world he's from. They were trying to find ways to just sort of, sort of show it to you. But like, if we do it through dialogue, we won't have to pay for that set. Okay. It's an expensive set. WandaVision. That's how you show something without showing something. Right. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, you know, they've there's a there's a big difference, though, even from that short period of time, how shows are done and how much of a budget you're allowed to give them now, especially during covid like this would have been movie money. You know what I mean? So, well, yeah, I mean, I feel like Iron Fist, it, the problem with Iron Fist wasn't the budget. It was again, it was the writing and it was the act. It was he was not the right actor. How about how about this? How about you get a martial art cho choreographer to, you know, or get or put a mask on him so you could stick a stuntman that, in his That's place. exactly what I'm saying. Right. And like, but even still. So, OK, there are so many problems with that. Number one, he doesn't know martial arts and it is painfully obvious. So you should have just got an actual martial artist to play the role. Number two, his acting wasn't great. Even when he wasn't doing the thing, like the way he's like, I am Iron Fist. I'm like, stop auditioning for the role that you're in, buddy. I'll tell you what the decision making was in that. Right. So like they were probably like, you know, the Daredevil, you know, they didn't. First of all, they didn't expect Daredevil to be the smash hit out of the gate that it was. And then right behind it was the first season of Jessica Jones. And they're like, oh, wow, we're two for two, you know, and then you got Luke Cage, which was freaking fantastic, too. So it was just like one, two, just right after the other. And they they go to cast Iron Fist. And they're like, "Hey, look, we got a headshot. Uh, who is this guy? Uh, he was in Game of Thrones. That's it. That's our guy. That's you know, what I mean, like that's about as much thought that went into that." I feel like their desire. I'm speculating, to but go yeah, for a name brand. So I I feel like he did get the role specifically because he was in Game of Thrones, and whoever right. did the casting for this, it can't be the same person who does the casting for the main Marvel universe. Because she is so on point with everybody, except for Black Widow. She is so on point with like nine out of ten people that like this is a huge miss. Huge miss. And again, why wouldn't you pick an actor that knows martial arts? You could have picked a nobody right. that knows martial arts and is a good actor, and that series would have been ten times better. Right. You and on oh, top by of way. that, like once you have a guy who you know doesn't know martial arts, you put his ass in the costume immediately so that you can actually have a real martial artist do the stunts. But they like never did it. Throughout the whole thing, you just see his face and you're like, this is the guy that doesn't know martial arts. Oh, look, every like you. Why did you not get kicked in the head? Because the script said you were not supposed to get kicked in the head. But had you been had this been a real situation, they would kicked your ass in the head right there. Just put him in a costume and put a real person in there. So when did you rewatch Daredevil? Today. You watched it today? Yeah. Yeah. So what's what stuck out to you the most? The cartoonishness of everything. Really, Colin Farrell. <laughs> like that yeah, was yeah. his because he's just so oh my god. It's like even just him walking into an airport. I'm like, come on, man. First of all, I, I used to work at an airport. Even before 9-11, which actually doesn't this take place after 9-11? Yeah. Yeah, yes. So they so yeah, that's still wrong. But anyway, even pre-9-11, if you go to walk through, first of all, they don't just say like empty your pockets. They say empty your pockets and take off anything metal. So right. they would have had him remove his, like he would have had to remove his shoes. He would have had to remove his belt, all of that. There's no way they're just going to let him walk in. And especially if he has the paper. Yeah, this is right. It's right. 2003, you're not getting in with your belt buckle. You're not, exactly. you're not getting it right. You're not getting in with shampoo. You're not getting on a plane. <laughs> right. 
so and by then you had to take off your shoes just in general so right the whole like the the notion that they that he could just walk through with all that stuff in real life as he was going through they would have been like take all that off and then when he walks through like when he goes to walk through they would have stopped him and told him yeah. to go, go back to the end of the line take all that shit off and then when he walks through if he beeps Instead of winding him down, they would have made him go back through. They would have said, like, empty your pockets, take everything off, go back through again. He comes back through again. Now they hit him with the wand, but they make him move to the side so other people can keep going. And they take him off somewhere and, like, make him in his, you know, barefoot or just in his socks. And they're going head to toe with the wand. And then they're now they're going through all of his shit to make sure he doesn't have any explosives or anything. Trust me, this is like a half hour ordeal Instead of just like, yeah, he's good. It was his belt buckle. What he could have been hiding a gun under the belt buckle. Like what? Yeah, no, it was they ridiculous. Never would have done that. No, <laughs> so, but the, yeah. the the playground scene. Uh, the one between Electra and Daredevil. Yeah, like how? So I think there was a missed opportunity. I think you could have turned. That's the moment where you could have turned the movie into a really great musical. <laughs> <laughs> like, the sound of music yeah i just no. i just needed the right song it could have been it could have been like you could have went grease right like you could like yeah i mean you could have done grease li- lightning off the seesaw with your arms from side to side or, like you anything like listen this movie did not of all the things this movie needed another video another uh, music video was not right like a hot okay. dance number yeah no, no. yeah maybe not. i mean let's face it that's kind of what they're this doing. is why i'm not a director by the way yeah yes Yes, their martial arts moves were kind of like a dance, like her leg was sweeping so wide out and every kick. And I'm just like, it's 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 very much a dance, like their whole little routine. And then like she would do stuff and he would catch her. They would both flip. And I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake. And that's the scene where he's like peak hair gel. (laughs) Like, yeah, because it like it varies right like in different scenes he has like uh, we don't have it together yet Nah, this one looks a little messy there he just like he at that point like by the time the playground scene comes like the hair lady has got it so together like he straight up looks like an anime character oh i was not prepared for hair gel (laughs) yeah oh like yeah by the time that scene happens the hair and makeup late like they were just fist bumping each other. Like, yeah, that's right. Now he can face Electra. You ever watch this scene or the fight scene in Mr. And Mrs. Smith and think, ah, babies were born from this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was totally <laughs> foreplay. Uh-huh. Like they got yeah. they those, you know, those two characters, they had such good chemistry because they ended up, you know, getting married in real life and having children. Yeah. And now there are people because of this film. You're welcome. I made this film happen in my mind. Oh, jeez. <laughs> my powers weren't as my my powers weren't as strong back then, clearly. But yeah. But I made up for it. Are these those the, super white powers that you were talking about and uh, yes. sorry to bother you? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Call back. So yeah. Good callback, by the way. Yeah. I'm um yeah, but it so I'm trying to I'm trying to go over because I hadn't seen it in years, but um, but I own both cuts. But um, of course you do. Yeah, no, I do. It's I mean, I'm not proud. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, it is. Holy shit. The. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. man. Yeah. The. Oh, but and it just Roses. gets worse. Yeah. It, yeah. It just gets worse. Like and it starts so strong. Like I'm like, oh, wow. They shot, you know, Hell's Kitchen really well. He even points out that it's Clinton now. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then, you know, the the scene where the kid is like on the balance beam and all that. I was oh, I was with it. I was like, this is so good. And then oof. can we it's talk like, about the Christ figure that they tried to make? Cross, what the fuck? Not crossbones. The other the, the, the dude with the bullseye. bullseye yeah. <laughs> Figured yeah. It out. Yeah. See, I always do that. <laughs> um, can we talk about like how they tried to turn him into like a Christ figure in this movie? Yeah, I don't remember that, but yeah. Go oh ahead. my gosh, it's all throughout. So whenever he's standing by himself for no fucking reason, like when he's on an escalator, when he's in the church, when he's standing on top of the building, he raises his arms out at his side like Christ on the cross, right? 
And right. then how does he get taken down? She since um or no uh that wasn't he did that to her uh he did it he put the scythe through her hand but then when they, he's fighting daredevil daredevil hears the shot coming and he moves him so that it goes through both of his hands where does it go through his hands and the oh, center yeah. and then as soon as he as soon as his hands are hurt he bring, pulls him up in like a prayer style and then opens them up christ like in this church and i'm like what are you fucking kidding me? Like, why are you trying to make that it? is so, yeah? And it's so it's random. This, and you know what it reminds me of? I don't know if literally it was, the devil. There's like, there's oh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I know. Okay, so there's like this really not the first, the first two are great, but like one of the inconsequential Hellraiser sequels. Um, I think it's the one with the guy has like a CD in his neck or something. I the Cenobite, but anyway, Pinhead is in a church, and for no reason at all, like I mean no reason pulls a pin out of his head and it's got a worm on the end of it for whatever reason. And he sticks it in his hand. He does the same to the other hand and then does a Jesus Christ pose. And he goes, Jesus whipped. And he does this. (laughs) It it's my favorite scene in any of the Hellraiser movie. Cause it's just so like, yeah, like, and like there's this weird irony that, you know, daredevil's called the devil, the devil of hell's kitchen. And right. so there's this Christ figure who's actually the bad guy fighting the devil who's actually the good guy. Yeah, I mean, that's church. Yeah, I mean, Mark Stephen Johnson may be seen in an indie movie or two. And he gets resurrected at the end. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. Sneaky foreshadowing there. Well played, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> I was happy he was dead, but then you brought him back. And he was menacing, but not for the reason you think. I also like the way that Netflix did that version. You know, when they had him, first of all, the oh, way Bullseye was handled, Bullseye was yeah, Bullseye was great in the Netflix show. He, he was awesome. He yeah. Uh, yeah, the way they handled his character like all the way through where they kind of slowly revealed him, kind of like all the characters in WandaVision where like nobody is who they seem but they are who you think they are if you're a comic book nerd. All right, slow down. Slow down. I'm just saying Slow down. I, I know you're watching WandaVision now. It's it's fun, but it isn't Daredevil, is it? It's not what? The yeah, I mean, it's fun. Daredevil Netflix was Daredevil Netflix is the peak Marvel thing. Like that's that's the high water mark of Marvel, period. Until WandaVision. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, if that's if that's your standard of storytelling, I don't know what to say. They're OK. They're not the same. They're both good in their own ways. But I mean, we all, but here's the thing, like besides the, the sort of reveal of the one character you knew, like, I mean, the Agatha thing, you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's, that, yeah, that's right. exactly what I'm saying. Like, that's what I said. Like right. you're, if you're a nerd, you already know who these people are, but no, but no I think you didn't No, I don't, I don't think that even if you characters before, like from the moment she walks in, you're like, yeah, she's a bad guy. Who Agatha? Yeah. Yeah. You, you knew, you knew she was a bad guy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like we all right. knew she was Agatha Harkness this whole time. But we had like it was still satisfying to get that reveal, and especially that Agatha all along song. That shit. Oh, it was wonderful. No, it was wonderful. It's it fun. It's just not the same. The yeah. Like I'm, all I'm awesome. saying is that it's not the same. To- no. Well, yeah. I mean, totally. We're talking about two different. That, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's two completely separate right. things. Because with Daredevil, because yeah. with WandaVision, they uncover who these people are. But with Daredevil, they instead of it being a reveal, it's more like and exploration because right. they do that with all of the characters with you know not just with daredevil himself but with the not crossbones guy what the fuck is his name i don't bullseye. know why i can't thank bullseye. you yeah. why can i not every time i want to say crossbones the bullseye guy there's um a moment in but you know in the director's cut right you get you also get because you i don't know when was the last time you you see the theatrical cut ever or this is the first time what for the movie Daredevil? Yeah, yeah, I saw it in the theaters. Okay, what you I saw it in the theaters? I saw it on like you know HBO or whatever when it came out, and then but just I haven't seen it in several years, so I had to rewatch. Yeah, it. I mean, yeah, a lot of it isn't like a lot of the cheese. This is probably why I'm not going really hard on the cheese is because it was 2003, and the the movie that it was trying that that it was forced to to find ways to emulate featured a villain whose mask didn't move like you remember like the the the, was the green goblin in the Mm spider-man movie like how stupid was that like you could like i could say the same things about the spider-man movie than i than i could with 
Daredevil. Like Daredevil is just a little cheesier than Spider-Man. No way. No way. Like, not Spider-Man 2. Not Spider-Man 2 because Spider-Man 2 still a masterpiece. Spider-Man 1, the Green Goblin. Eh, you love Doc Ock, don't you? I actually I do. Like I do. Green Goblin better just because Willem Dafoe is so damn good at being a villain. But his face, not for the, I'm a big fan, and I don't mean this in any disparaging way. His face looks like the Green Goblin just painted green. <laughs> but I kind of like the mask element, though, because it made it seem like like when he's wearing the mask, you had this this thought Mm-mm. of like, is the mask controlling him? And then later it was like, no, the mask wasn't controlling him. That's just him. Jackie, Jackie, him. Yes. Jackie, you had two masks on a rooftop doing this. <laughs> no mouth movement no facial expressions and this went on for a while like it's like me at the grocery store with my covid bandana like could i get the turkey i got half a pound of turkey then wear an n95 mask it's yeah. much better for you for wear an N95 mask. It protects you better. You can breathe better, and you are. Awesome. I wear a mask under my COVID bandana, but I'm I'm like way into the. That's a whole other thing. I, I'm like okay. in. Yeah, I'm like yeah. I'm in a store like Jesse James. Go me. But yeah, I have a mask underneath it. Oh, but but yeah, I mean, like I'm just speaking to your point. Like that that villain was outrageous. Like that Green Goblin was unacceptable. But no, not, not was, that year, not for that time. No. He was he was cartoonish, but he was to me like that's what the comics are supposed to be about, you know? Like the Spider-Man comics, they do have their their sad moments and their like realism moments, but they also like Peter Parker is like a goofball. So yeah. he's, it's, it's supposed to be a lighter kind of comic situation. He's not a darker comic like Batman. Well, that was that was the one that was invented so readers can see themselves in it. So, yeah, because he's wearing yeah. a mask. Yeah. Well, no, because they're no, because he's a child and the readers of comics back then were children. So that I mean, I'm just that's why he's Steve. A I'm long sorry. Way. I watched Justice League Dark Apocalypse yesterday. That shit's rated R. And it's rated R for a reason. Yeah, we right, we we right exactly. But we we have come a long way. I'm saying like why Stanley invented Spider Man was to so his readers could I actually identify with a hero. Like he wanted to feel like the heroes that he was inventing. See, when I heard him talk about why he invented Spider Man, I heard the whole he had him wear a mask so he could be anybody. Right, but he he had to be a certain age. He, and also he lied to you. He told me why he invented it. Oh, he told you personally. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it must be a New York thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Why is. hasn't the rest of the world like gotten pissed off that the U.S. has so many superheroes? Also, why doesn't the rest of the world have as many superheroes as the U.S. does? Or in New York specifically. New York has the most yes, superheroes because, per well, capita. That's because the comic book writers were living in New York at the time. Yeah. When all yeah. of the characters were created, which was like. A and even the ones that year. didn't. But even the ones that didn't like Metropolis is New York. Right. Or is this supposed to be like Chicago? Gotham is supposed to be like New York. Yeah, it was in the eighties. Metropolis is Metropolis is just made up. That's what it's one of the things. Yeah, but but the writers, but but the writers were from Ohio. The right, and so it's like a it's like a midwestern's version of what a a big city should look like. That's why it's just made up. (laughs) Meanwhile, the guys in New York are like, I'm just going to paint that building right there. (laughs) Like that's right. (laughs) They didn't have to think or wonder what it would be like. They're just like literally just going to look out my window and that's what I'm drawing. So yeah, that's, and that's why Clark Kent came from Kansas because he, he came from the middle of nowhere because the people writing him were from the middle of nowhere. Right. And Metropolis is a made up metropolitan city. And the beauty, the beautiful irony of that is those the his his fathers were two Jewish boys from Ohio who named their character after uh, mocking the the Nietzsche philosophy of the Superman. Super much. Also, the city metropolis, I believe, is uh, is patterned after the movie Metropolis from like the nineteen twenties. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, that makes sense. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's but with Marvel, it's just like New York is here. This is New York. They moved their right. studios to LA for a little bit. LA got some action, and then they moved it back to New York. Now it's they're all back in New York again. Right. Um, 
so yeah, Florida's got nothing. There's just there's except for nuts. But back to Daredevil a second. Do you know yeah. what you get in a director's cut that you didn't get in a theatrical release? You get a brief appearance of Maggie, his mother. Where? I don't remember that. She's on the balcony when Matt falls through the window and he's being taken care of by the priest. Maggie's in the balcony and you see her silhouette and her robes blowing. And it happens for a second in the director's cut. Oh, I must have missed it. There's a scene. I think this might be one. This might be my all time favorite Daredevil panel. And it's in Born Again. And they and they redid it in. Oh, wow. And it looked like the panel, too, in season three of the show. Three. Yeah. Yeah. It's him in the bed and he's all, I mean, he's all banged up and he says to Maggie, he says, Maggie, are you my mother? And she says, Oh no child. And in the comic, it's such a really just a great panel. It's just him smiling and him thinking she's lying. Cause he can hear her heart. He can hear a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow, that's to that to me is that that's daredevil. Like, so like, so just seeing that again in 2003, just seeing, oh, Maggie's in the balcony. If they let this guy do a fucking sequel, we're going to get born again. But then, and of course, at the end, you know, he, he spilled the best dialogue from born again. And they couldn't repeat that in the show because, you know, the movie had already done it. But, you know, when he beats Kingpin nearly to death and he's like, you, you go to the jail, you tell him a blind man beat you. <laughs> so good. So good. Again, yeah, it's hard for me. I, it's funny because I'm like, again, I'm the guy who's like, oh, even people scrolling through the menu will be like, oh, Doug's going to talk about Daredevil. That's going to be ridiculous. No. This is, to me, Daredevil for you is like Batman forever for me. What? Yeah, that's what I think is going on. Yeah. First of all, that like, should that's the best name for any perfume ever, by the way. Batman forever? Yeah, that'd be a great perfume. Why? I just I could see the bottle like Batman Forever by Calvin Klein. Wouldn't it just be Forever by Batman? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I mean, who's the mark? Who's who's marketing here? Me or you? Uh, neither of us, but, clearly. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to explain that one. Okay, they're movies that, that movies, are they're comic book movies that everybody knows. Like they they didn't age well. In hindsight, you're like, yeah, I get it. No, they're that movie was good. that movie that movie splat day one. No, I no. You bite your tongue, you New Yorker. Batman Forever was my favorite movie that year when it came out. I saw it in the theater four times. Sound familiar? Yeah. Yep. Wait. As a so matter of you, fact, you were on board with Robin. You were on board with Robin when it came. I, I was fine with that. When it came time for, well, Batman Forever, not Batman and Robin. Right. No, I know, but Robin's in Batman Forever. Yeah, he becomes Robin in there, but um. When it came time for me to go to prom, I did not want to go to prom. <laughs> Wait, which one had that song in it? When it snows, whatever. Oh, it was this one. Yeah, all right. Ooh. Um, the seal song, Kiss from a Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when when it came time for me to go to prom, I didn't want to go because that was the night, it was a Saturday. That was the night Batman Forever debuted on HBO. Oh my god. Yeah. I was waiting. Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face. Uh huh. Uh, and Jim Carrey is the Riddler, and he yeah. was my he was my favorite actor at the time. Oh yeah, I could see that. How old were you? I was prom, so like seventeen, eighteen. Still, you didn't know any better. Batman Ooh. Forever was like okay. So back then, so yeah, back only, then is important. Yeah, back then, like not only was it a big deal when movies came out in theaters. But it this was that this was the beginning of bridging the gap between the theatrical release and the HBO, like the ability to see it at home. Because before this point, a lot of people don't realize up to this point, after a movie left the theater, like that was it. By the time it got to HBO or even held even blue or there's no such thing as Blu-ray or DVD at this point. It was uh, it was VHS. It took at least a year for a movie to get to VHS. So it took so long so that by the time it came out on VHS or if it hit HBO, that was like a re-release. Cause you're like, Hey, I get to see this movie again. Cause there was no digital download two minutes later. Like it wasn't, there was no simultaneous release of the theatrical and at home. If you wanted to see it at home, you waited at least one, maybe two years. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Beginning of being able to see it again. So when it comes, when a movie debuts on HBO, yeah, it'll play on HBO again. Also at this point, yes, you could record TV, but you could not record HBO or Showtime because they were like premium and they had special coding so that you would just get nothing if you tried to record on them. Either that or like you just like you, your VCR wouldn't go to that channel because like HBO was channel three, but channel three was also like, yeah, but if you got to, if you you got a splitter, if you knew a guy, you can get a splitter and make that. That's neither here or there. I'm sorry. (laughs) But still like for most people, it was very difficult to be able to record like HBO or Showtime. So you had to like, just be home when they were on. You couldn't like, you could catch it when it came on again, but it's not going to like, if it debuts on a Saturday, the next time it's coming on is Tuesday. So you're just like, right. Missed it for that week. I mean, what, what you're saying didn't affect me because also back then there was a radio shack, but what, to your point, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Absolutely. So in other words, you were just like, you would just Jerry rig some shit. It'd be like, right. Oh. Right. Anyhow, so make for it me, work. like, yeah. So for me, I'm like, okay, if I don't catch this on Saturday night with the debut, then I'm not going to get to see it till next week. And I was just like, this is Batman forever. I saw it in the theater. Also, when movies came out, instead of being out for like 10 minutes and like being gone immediately, they could be out for at least a year. Like they as long as people were still going to see it, it was going to stay in theaters. Yo, I saw like when Rocky three was out, I saw that shit like months, months later. Yeah. Like fun fact, Rocky three is the first film I ever remember seeing in a theater. I didn't see it in a theater. I saw it oh, at a wow. drive in, but it's the wow. first movie I remember going to see. I mean, it's a good one, but wow. I mean, I was a child. I was like four. So it's wow. the first movie I remember like sitting and watching. Well, I'm very old. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like dust. <laughs> I smell like mothballs and soup. <laughs> Anywho. So yeah, like, and the fact that movies were in theaters for so long, that's how Titanic was able to have like, I keep their record for so long because it literally was in theaters for over a year and then they re-released it yes yeah um but it was it came out in theaters in like december i want to say and it was in theaters until like not the following january but the january after that okay can you concede that you have absolutely no standing to make fun of the daredevil movie no <laughs> After Batman and Robin, the guy no, literally. No, 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 I did not say Batman and Robin. Right. I Batman, said Batman, Batman forever. forever. Had right. I said the one, Batman I'm sorry. and Robin, I would oh, have I'm no sorry. Leg. Not the George Clooney one where he has the bat credit card, but the one where Val Kilmer looks at the camera and said, chicks dig the car. Yes. Big difference. Hey, man, the Batmobile could fly, essentially, because he was able yeah, to. Yeah, had the cables. You know. Yeah, had the cable and it could go up. A, it could go up a building. I could see that. Yeah. Like, I know we're supposed to be talking about Daredevil, but uh-huh. like. And like, we're about to just go like, cause I mean, daredevil is um, the whole church. Everything about it's just, uh, it just gets more and more absurd and they just throw more absurd at it. But wait, daredevil like, or Batman forever? No, Dare, uh, daredevil. But then daredevil, I'm like, yes. okay. but then I'm thinking about Batman forever. I'm like, yeah, no, that was uh, ridiculous. Remember they had like, it's Drew Barrymore and, um, Oh, 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 Oh. And, um, uh, the really hot one from Goodfellas. I don't know. But anyway, she's she's hot as shit. But like there's a scene where they're like side by side on two face and you're just kind of like and it's just a cameo. And you're like and it's so you know what it is. It it was like if a lunatic decided to remake the 60s TV show, it's how it felt to me. (laughs) It's like just let's just let this lunatic do the Adam West show because we got to sell Happy Meals. That's kind of what it's like. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. God damn. She was gorgeous. Yeah, but I'm just saying that's what it that's what it felt like to me when I saw it. Like I'm like, wow, they're they just doing the 60s TV show. What's happening here? I guess it's See, better than the penguins bloody nose. or whatever, I was but. just about to say it's better than the fucking Tim Burton monstrosity. I am one yeah. of the people who is like, OK, everybody else loves the original Batman and Batman Returns. And I think they were crap and I hated them. And I loved Batman Forever because it was the first, like, it returns to that Adam West tongue-in-cheek Batman, but in a modern setting for the 90s. All right. That was an off base. Uh, The Batman Forever, I'm glad you liked it, man. I don't want to knock your thing because, you know, everybody has, you know, their own weird 
like you know like my thing with daredevil like i'm like you know, huh? it's it's fucking terrible but yet like when i see the poster i get i smile I'm like oh yeah i remember i remember you i'll never watch you again as long as i live but i remember you it's that kind of thing i would just like everyone to know that he was given the option of talking about logan or deadpool and he said no 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 no, no. daredevil daredevil yeah well, because I have an attachment to this one. I, of course, low. And also, is it fun talking about movies you like? Yes. It, uh, that's the whole point of this podcast. I've, <laughs> like, I've done that. I know. Well, I, I, I did that with you once. I, I liked the uh, Sorry to Bother You. Time. Yeah. Sorry to Bother You. And Knives Out. Oh, and Knives Out. Yeah. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. See? To I'm dare do it again, apparently. I will do it again at some point. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of doing it again. Like, I'm like in the middle with Daredevil and. Man, I can't believe you like Batman Forever. I can't believe it. I get, like I can't believe Bat Why? like Val Kilmer was acceptable as Batman. Oh, I loved Val. Do you know that for many years the hill that I died on was that he was a better Batman than George Clooney or um, Michael Keaton? You died hard on that hill. <laughs> like you died on that hill, rolled down, and then the hill buried you. And like we didn't even dive into just how absurd Daredevil gets, but it gets absurd. Yes, it does. So. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you don't have to see it. Yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys got the Netflix show. You don't ever have yeah, to okay. remember this existed. If you are in the spot where you're like, I want to see what this Daredevil character is about, go on Netflix. And yeah, yeah. Don't don't deal with this movie at all. And if you do, you know, <laughs> you know, it could only make it better is the Prince soundtrack to Batman. But I think the Prince soundtrack to the original Batman can make everything better. So you might want to just turn the sound down. This is the first song on that electric chair. Boom, boom, bam, bam. Yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. Do that. You don't want to listen to the soundtrack for this one. You don't like Evanescence? No, I do not. It's, it, not I don't know. I don't want to disparage Evanescence because they definitely listen to this podcast. But like I, you know, I Evanescence. Evan, I don't know what the hell they. What's the one the girl and the the heavy metal guitar? I don't know. Yeah, the Christian rock band who became less Christian and more like emo rock band. They were a Christian rock band, really? Uh huh. Just they like still Creed. make those? Yeah, yeah. Well, they not anymore. I mean, they oh, did. Creed was never a Christian rock band. I mean, they could pretend all they want. Oh, but I actually liked Creed. Oh well, you also like Batman Forever. You should put those I things did. away in your mind. You should get, <laughs> build a steel trap in your mind and throw both of those things in it. Yeah, this never is open the guy it again. Who demanded to do Daredevil? Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. I don't have to defend it again. Anyone who listens to this show long enough knows why I picked their double. Yeah. No. Get back at me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's like, get back at me for what? I never did anything to you. No, it's fun, though. It's fun making you watch terrible things. And then because your reaction to it is always awesome. It's always the text like, why? The <laughs> why? Why did you do this to me? You literally are making me watch it just so I can be like, just so I can send you like the angry text. You're yeah, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, that's that's the worth the price of admission. That's like getting paid to do the show. Is those texts? <laughs> those texts are worth the that. Oh, it's like alchemy. Next time we're gonna do a good movie. Yes, a classic even. Yes, I love yes. classic movies. And then guess what? At some point, we are going to talk about Bollywood. <gasps> oh yeah i love bollywood <laughs> anyway we're gonna wrap up so all right so say goodbye doug goodbye and thank you for joining jackie on cinematic adventures <laughs> tell people where to find you oh yes the i am one of two hosts on the end is nice show and you can find us at oh wherever you get your podcast just look up the end is nice show and there i am celebrating the world ending weekly yep all right. Yep. Bye, Doug. Bye. If you like this episode, do us a favor. If you're listening through Apple, give us a five-star rating or any other app. Drop us a like. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can hear new episodes when they come out. Thanks. <laughs>